Hello, everyone. My name is Lee McKinney. Welcome to the Infinite Mind Podcast. This is number one. So this might be a total train wreck, or it could be fun. We will see shortly. But if it's a train wreck, enjoy the ride. If it's good, good. Uh, but yeah, it's Thursday, October 10th, 2019. Um, basically this podcast is going to be a way for me to connect with you guys. Um, I used to do streaming on, uh, Twitch and I would take questions from you guys and just kind of hang out while I played games or whatever. Um, but I'm not doing as much of that anymore. If I'm playing video games these days, which I do, I play like world of Warcraft and stuff. If I do that, it's usually my time to listen to music. So I want to keep it at that because I think that that's important, um, for me to be inspired and continue writing throughout the week. So this will be my way to connect with you guys. I want this to be interactive. Um, I asked on my Instagram the other day for questions. Um, so we'll get to those. But anything you see on Instagram, you can put it in the comments on YouTube. Write me on Instagram, Twitter, whatever you want to do. Um, suggestions, concerns. One thing, if anybody can help me off the top here, I, down the road I might do guests. But I want to know how to get people to call in on their cell phone. So if you know how to do that. Maybe you can help me out in the comments. That would be huge. But yeah, I want it to be interactive. So if you follow me on social media, Leo Cyrus on Twitter, on Instagram, on anything, it's going to be Leo Cyrus. Um, so yeah, drop a line there and let me know what you think, what you should change, ETC. Uh, but yeah, I want to make it interactive, fun. I want to do a segment. We might as well start with it now uh, about music. So I think it's hard to find new things to listen to all the time. So what I'm going to do each week, or however often I do these, is give you three things that I'm listening to, and then I think it'd be cool if you guys in the comments give me three things you're listening to. So, um, yeah, so let's let's see here. Oh, so Off the Top Issues just came out with a new record, and so this is, might be a surprise to, you know, for you guys to hear me talk about this one, but I want to say, let's see here, this is 13 tracks, 48 minutes. This thing's fun, and so... I know the guys, of course, and, and um, you know, talking to them, I, I've seen kind of where they're at internally. And it seems like it's this thing with them where they, some of them want to be metal, kind of gent. Some of them want to be a pop, you know, pop group. And I think what they've done on this record is really um, find a way to mix it together. And I don't think that's easy to do. But I think they did it really well. And uh, it made for a really fun listen. The second I uh, sat down to listen to it, I listened to it all the way through. That is, the album is called Beautiful Oblivion by Issues. It's a good one. Check it out. Even if you don't know them or if you've heard them and uh, dislike them, check it out. I think uh, this is a really fun release for them. I'm not going to say I know their sound totally well, so, but I do believe it's a bit of a departure from old things, and it seems more mature, more cohesive in, in a way where they're mixing things together that aren't easy to mix. So I like that. Um, let's see. Jacob Zatecki released his album. It's called Nothing Lasts, Nothing's Lost. This is 11 tracks, 40 minutes. It's beautiful. Um, as you probably know, I do a solo guitar career of my own. Very different. So Jacob is doing a lot of clean, I would say low gain stuff. Really plucky sounding. He gets a lot of these tones. It almost sounds like he's doing... Uh, water droplets on glass like it's a really cool technique I don't even know how to do it to be honest um maybe one day I will learn but it's fun it's so pretty and uh, he's, he sings on the on the record as well he's got a great voice he also has um a female guest vocal I believe yes Paulina I'm not gonna try to say her last name 
Uh, actually, has Frederick Thorndahl on a song called Creature Comfort, and it is really cool. Um, check that out. So here's another. Here's an oddball. Dermot Kennedy put out a record called Without Fear. It's mostly acoustic guitar. Irish singer-songwriter. <clears throat> it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous record. It's, um, I would say it's, it feels powerful. It feels uplifting. He's primarily playing acoustic guitar, but there's a strong rhythm section. The songs are driving, powerful. Um, I would say radio tunes overall, but um, singer-songwriter-esque, Ed Sheeran-esque. But check it out. It's out of left field, I think, for what you would expect me to listen to, but I love it. Um, my week, let's see here. I just got back from the chiropractor and it sucks. I, um, what did he say? I tore a ligament in my spine sometime in the last year and I don't know when I did it. He seems to think I should remember this, but, um, between jujitsu and me enjoying a, a glass or five of whiskey, I think somewhere between those two possibilities, I took a blow to the spine. He said it's commonly a football injury, but I haven't played football since high school. So that's not me. I don't know how it happened. But anyways, I've, I've been telling my wife, I'm like, I'm 30 years old now. My back's tight. Um, you married an old man. Cool. Um, but, you know, it was almost a relief when I I went in last week because I, uh, hey, Lolly. I don't know if you can see my dog, Lolly. I went in last week because, um, how you doing? I, I couldn't walk. I couldn't bend over. I couldn't do shit. And so usually I have a tight lower back, but this kind of came to a, you know, a high point of pain and I, I couldn't do much. And so I went to the chiropractor, uh, recommended by some dudes in my jujitsu school. Um, shout out to Next Generation MMA. And it was actually amazing. I've gone to the chiropractor once before and I felt that they didn't do too much. I felt like I spent some money and from what happened when I left, it just didn't really change my life. But, um, my dog is licking lotion off my arms, I believe. But yeah, um, this this place is great. Beyond Innovation Chiropractic in uh, Frisco, Texas. So yeah, I went. Turns out I tore a ligament in my spine. Two of my discs are like pushed in. And so closing off nerves in my back, it's super painful. Or at least it was for a few days until I went in. Um, but he fixed me up really well. And so hopefully next week, take a hike. Hopefully next week I can uh, get back to jiu-jitsu which is ultimately the goal. That's kind of my way of doing exercise. I, I'm like, I'm not a fan of the gym per se. I think lifting weights gets old and uh, so does the treadmill. But at the moment, all I can do is a bike because of my spine. I can't ride my Harley for two more weeks. Can't go back to jujitsu for another week at least. Um, but yeah, I think this is what being an adult is. That and awkwardly long hangovers. But that's another story. Um... But yeah, so I've been to the chiropractor three times, and it's Thursday, this week, by Thursday. It's no fun, but I think we're already getting to a place where I'm feeling much better, and I'm, and that's important. Um, been doing a lot of studio stuff. I'm working on a guitar solo for Jared Dines. You might know him from YouTube, um, as well as other things, Instagram. Got a big following, um, super creative videos. He makes funny videos. He makes a lot of music. I actually give him a lot of credit because I always say... Um, when it comes to the social media world, and this is probably why mine is so lacking, that these new guitar players and new musicians are spending so much time creating content that they're not putting records out. And I'm the opposite. You know, I have Born of Osiris, my solo stuff, in Motive. I make movies, uh, sorry, I make music for movies and TV shows, which I'll get to in a bit. 
Um, and so that's why you'll have, you know, days go by without me being on social media. And I get that that's kind of the time we're in right now is, is the social media time. So anyways, back to Jared. I think he does it well. He's on YouTube, of course, um, putting out a lot of content of different kinds. But he's also um, putting out a lot of music. So I believe he's doing a solo record. And um, so I'll be doing a guest solo on that. And I'm pumped about it. I haven't started yet. Sorry, Jared. But I will. It's the only thing on my plate right now that's time sensitive. Um, but I've been doing studio work, um, mixing, mastering artists in my studio, which is where we are now. Um, doing guest solos. Those are honestly my favorite thing to do. And honestly, yeah, okay, you know, I make some money doing it. But let me say this. I think what cooler way to connect with people, musicians, than to share, you know, a song together. So I always say I think it's one of the coolest things when I get to do a solo on someone else's song because if if I wanted a guitar player that I looked up to to do something on one of my songs, I think that's the coolest way to connect with somebody. And so, yeah, I love doing that maybe one a week. Um, I'm kind of a workaholic. I'd say five days a week I'm in the studio making music. And that's why I can do so many things musically. And um, so I'm definitely proud of that aspect. But I try not to keep my plate too full. I get very in my head when I'm in a project. And then my wife comes home. And she says something to me. And then, you know, I'm staring up at the ceiling. And she knows I'm not listening. She doesn't like that. So who would? But um. Yeah, doing that stuff. Working on my solo album, of course. New and Motive. Born of Osiris, of course. We'll get into that a bit more as we go along. Um, I do have a big announcement. I have just last week announced my first headlining U.S. solo tour. It's called the Infinite Mind U.S. Tour. I'm really excited. I've done one tour in Europe with animals as leaders. That was my first tour doing solo stuff and what a perfect tour to, to, um, debut my music. Um, and so this is the next one headlining. I have Felix Martin coming out with me. He's my direct support artist. He's a badass. Um, I actually just met him, went out to lunch with him in Dallas. I'd say a couple months ago with Jeff Kiesel, super pleasant guy. He's a badass. He plays, um, double neck guitar. But instead of, you know, switching necks how you most commonly would on double neck, he actually plays two at once. It's crazy. Um, So check him out if you haven't. Shout out to Felix Martin. Um, The tour is mostly East Coast, um, Midwest, South. I only had, I think, two, three weeks of free time. And so I packed it as much as I could. It's not going to hit the West Coast, but I do hope that next year early... I can um, make it out to the West Coast and play my album. I will be playing the album beginning to end, every track. I'll be playing um, two to three more, some new unreleased songs. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. I do want to take this chance to talk about a song called Skylasher. Um, as you may know, I got robbed recently. And uh, on my computer were all the files for that track. And so basically... To perform that song, all the keyboards are gone, all the, you know, hi-hats, all the random things that I would throw on a track without a live keyboard player or, you know, we have the drummer, but I'm talking about layered hats, you know, just, I'm, that's an example. So those things, um, I would have to recreate, um, 
that would take a lot of time and I almost feel like it's a waste when I could write more. So I do know there's a demand for me to play that song. And so what I think I might do, probably not this second solo record, but the third, um, I'll probably re-record it. And um, it might be a little different, but I want it to be part of an album. I need to have the files. I need to, you know, I don't want to relearn the keyboard part and have the wrong tone. And when people hear it live, they're like, this doesn't sound right. When I do it, I want to do it right. So I might just re-record it in general. It was kind of separated from the rest of my releases by um, two or three years. So I might just redo it. Anyways, I won't be playing that song. Sorry. But I'll be playing new songs, unreleased. I'm thinking about doing a third. At least two we're doing. But um, when I say we, I should probably tell you about my band. I'm really excited about this. Um, on my album, Infinite Mind... There's a lot of saxophone and iwi, which is a very interesting instrument. Say that three times fast. Interesting instrument. You should Google that thing, though, because it's fun. You can do a lot with it. Um, he plays iwi and sax. His name is Adrian Terraza. Um, he's a badass. He played in a band called Mars Volta. He played in a band called Tram on Sumerian Records. Shout out to Sumerian Records. Um, he's such a badass. He's multi grammy award-winning saxophone player so he played on the record and he'll be there live with me to play that he's playing on my new record the second one he's already on both the songs that we're gonna be playing on this tour so yeah he's a badass he's gonna be around doing a lot with me in the future i grew up i loved mars volta growing up um and so it's it is an honor for me to be working with him um yeah on drums i have a, a friend of mine named aaron Stakaner. Uh, performing with me so he plays in the faceless um he also has his own bands he used to play in rings of saturn he has his own band called interloper and brazen tide um two of his bands and uh he's a freak he actually filled in for born of osiris when our drummer cameron broke his hand on tour he came and played i want to say an hour long set i'm gonna say 14 15 songs whatever um, and he learned him in days, a few days, got the call. He was on a tour of his own, started learning the songs in like two days on that tour, um, you know, backstage, and then flew out to our tour and played those songs. And excuse me, um, I think our drummer in Buenos Aires, Cameron Loesch, is pretty incredible and has a style of his own. Very unique. Excuse me. Um, so that's no easy task to come in and play Cameron's stuff. And he did it brilliantly in a matter of days. So. He's a great friend of mine, extremely talented drummer. He's going to come out and he's going to be playing the drums on the Infinite Mind U.S. tour. Lastly, Alon Metal. He'll be playing bass. He's, an, he's a great bass player, but that's not what he is. He's a guitar player. He's a Berkeley graduate guitar player. He's a freak on guitar. Down the road, he could be playing guitar with me live. We'll see how that goes, but for now, he's playing bass. Um, I like to think that a lot of incredible guitar players can handle themselves well on a bass, but he really just sits in the pocket, fills his role well, tonally picks the right tones to not step outside of his... He's exactly what he needs to be. Nothing more, nothing less. He can be much more. When I, I don't want to sound like I'm saying anything negative, but when he's supporting me and playing bass, um, he's exactly what the song calls for, tonally, playing-wise, skill uh, level. He actually um, uh, transcribed my solo album into the booklet that's on sale the, the infinite mind tab book he transcribed that 
which is amazing. I actually scribble on bills and bullshit pieces of paper on the house when I write something. And um, he's actually able to read my shitty handwriting, turn it into a book. And uh, so he's, that's why it's, it fits so well for him to come perform with me because he knows it inside and out, which is great. Um, one thing I want to say is that um, proceeds from every single show on my tour will be donated to a charity called Hope for the Day. Um, they are a suicide prevention organization owned by a good buddy of mine named Jonathan Boucher from Chicago. I believe they started in 2010, uh, give or take a year or two. Um, but it's a great organization. It's an important cause. You know, I'm sure we've all had dark days, dark thoughts in our life. And if not you, I'm sure somebody you know has. And so it's very important to me to support this charity. I believe every solo tour I ever do, I'm going to be... Um, donating to a select charity but this is the first one uh, you can check their website out at www.hftd.org hope for the day um yeah you can donate on there i encourage it anything helps you know everybody uh, isn't as fortunate as some of us um, in their mental health or in their life and and so i think this is an important cause and I'm going to do what I can in the situation, the platform that I have. So that is the Infinite Mind U.S. tour. Let's do some tour dates. November 12th, I'll be in Houston, Texas at the White Oak venue. November 13, I'll be in San Antonio, Texas at Paper Tiger. November 15, I'll be in New Orleans at Gasa Gasa. I think that's what it's called. November 16, I will be in... Greenville, South Carolina. Okay, this one, let's be careful about. I heard it might not happen. Um, I don't think it was fully booked when I released the tour flyer. So I'm not sure. It's not a cancellation, but it might have never been fully booked in the first place. But if I do get to Greenville on the 16th, it'll be at Radio Room. November 17th, I'll be in Atlanta, Georgia at the Masquerade. Shout out Masquerade, man. I have so many memories there, you know, touring with Born of Osiris in the last 12 years. They moved. There's an old Masquerade. There's a new one now. Um, and that was a big deal when the old masquerade shut down, I think, especially, you know, if you live in Atlanta, but the new one's great. Just like the old one, there's bigger venue, smaller venue, maybe three. I'm not sure at least two. Um, but I'll be there November 17th, November 19th. I'll be in Pittsburgh at the Thunderbird Music Hall. November 20th, I'll be in Baltimore, Maryland at Metro Gallery. On the 21st, I'll be in Brooklyn, New York, at St. Vitus. November 22, I'll be in Rochester, New York, at the Montage Music Hall. November 23, I'll be in Detroit, Michigan, at the Shelter. On the 24th, I'll be in good old Chicago, Illinois, at Subterranean. And then we will close the tour in my hometown now, where I live today, Dallas, Texas. I'll be at the Deep Ellum Art Co. That is the 26th of November. That is the end of the tour. That will be a big night for me. Um, very excited about that. And what better way to end a tour than in your hometown? Straight home or straight to the bar than home. Let's see. I want to talk about my solo music. Um, or my second album, I should say. Infinite Mind is obviously the first one. 
This new one is untitled still, but I have eight songs started. I want to say, uh, excuse me, I want to say six of them are about done. Maybe a solo or a bass that needs to be recorded. One of them, funny enough, one of them has started with a a clean guitar part. It's really dreamy and droney kind of, and I just didn't know where to go with the song. I started going like towards a metal direction with it, and I didn't want to really go there because it's really chill and I didn't know if I went metal how to get back to the beginning and bring that you know bring it back home to that original idea that starts the song which is a clean guitar so I think I'm going to turn into a interlude and so actually my solo stuff it's kind of fun because I'm the only cook in the kitchen really and I do like that um whereas in Born of Osiris and In Moto I'm definitely not um that being said I delivered this song to Nick Rossi, who plays in Born of Osiris, and also in Motive with me. He's a great songwriter, brilliant dude. Um, Shout out Nick Rossi, love you, bro. But I sent it to him. He's great at electronic music, and so I think what we're going to do is kind of make it into an interlude. So it might have electronic drums. I might get acoustic over what he programs. I'm not sure where we're going to go, but we're going to co-write that one. So that'll be the first song on the two records that I'm doing or the second one that I'm working on now that um, is a collaboration. But I'm excited about that. I love working with Nick. He was actually the first person I ever collaborated with music on. Funny enough, Born of Osiris, Cameron, the drummer, and myself write the music, but we don't write together. So although we've been making music together for 12 years, we've never really been in a room together and, and created music the same time in the same room. So Nick was the first one to do that with me in Motive. Now he's in Born of Osiris. It's super fitting. And now he is helping me with this song on my second solo record. But yeah, that's eight songs I have started. It might be eight, but I would like to get to nine or ten. I think eight's like the minimum, but I don't want to be lazy about it. As much as I want to get it out, you know, I want to do it right and, and fully. And so I'm thinking nine. But if it's eight, it'll be eight, you know, songs that I really believe in. Um, but yeah, that's what's going on there. Um, let's do some Born of Osiris. I think it's important to talk about that because we're not the, again, as I was saying at the beginning of this podcast, we're not the most outwardly guess what's going on in Born of Osiris world kind of people. So I want to talk about that. And in particular, I want to talk about Simulation 1 and what was supposed to be Simulation 2. Um, so I guess I was the only one that publicly said this, but when Simulation 1 came out, it was eight songs. But we actually had um, 16. So what the idea was is to put that out and then a few months later come out with Sim 2, which was the next eight songs. That was the idea. But when the album came out, Simulation 1, um, I don't know. Our label never said anything about Part 2. We never really said much. I think I was the only one who said it. You know, it's a two-part thing. But whether it's a blessing or a curse, and I think blessing now... Um, what we decided to do is instead of giving you those eight songs is we decided to write more. And so I don't know if it's going to be simulation two. Um, it's going to be up to Ronnie and Joe, what they want to call the thing and how they want to, um, you know, make it look thematically and, and all that. That's kind of their, their ball game, but I'm not sure what it's going to be, but here's the good part. We're doing a second record, but it might, be longer now or it will be longer 100% because instead of giving you those eight songs quickly and be and calling it simulation two we're going to give you probably 
you know, up to 16. Um, and it, uh, again, it might not be called simulation, but you're going to get a lot more songs. And it's actually a first for One Osiris because in history, what we've done is um, record all the music we have and put it out on a record. So you got every song we had was on the record. This time we have probably 20 songs. Um, and we're going to pick the best this time. And so I think that's cool. You know, we've never really done that. And so instead of getting all we got, you're going to get the best of what we got. And so I think that's fun. I'm really excited about it. The material is amazing in my opinion. And I think it's going to be a favorite. Simulation 1 went over well. And I think if you like Sim 1, uh, this next record will be even better for you. Um, but yeah, so we're going to do, it's October now. So we're going to do a writing session this month, I believe. That's the plan. Um, we're talking San Diego, possibly the Midwest, Chicago, where we all grew up. Um, but I'm not sure. So yeah, we're thinking um, maybe January we'll finish that thing up and uh, you should have it in the front half of next year. I'd say that's Born of Osiris news. In motive, let's talk about that. Um, I want to say two weeks ago now, we put out a song, a new song called Subtle Mistakes. We also announced Dave Escamilla, our new singer, longtime friend, badass dude, amazing vocalist, songwriter, everything. You might know him from Crown the Empire. He was one of two vocalists in that band for a long period of time, which is actually how I met him. Um, Born of Osiris 2014 Warp Tour. Um, Crown the Empire was on that. I might have known him for longer, to be honest, but that was kind of my first experience seeing him perform meeting the guys, having drinks with the guys, the way, you know, you would bond on a tour like that. Super talented guy. It turns out um, we were in a transitional period with, of InMotive, and I woke up at like four in the morning one day, and I'm going to the bathroom, and I get a message from him. This is now when I'm living in Dallas. He's like, what's up, dude? I live in Dallas. Um, I'm down the street from you. I love your band InMotive. Um, how's things going with that? I think he noticed that there was a bit of a, a drag in, in updates with that band. So when he asked, I'm not sure what his intentions were, but I immediately said, oh my gosh, this is perfect. Um, he's right down the road for me, which is good. We can work on music together. Um, it was a no-brainer. He tried out immediately. We knew he was the guy. Super talented, great voice. I'm sure you've heard him. Um, if you haven't, you can hear him on our new track, Subtle Mistakes, or um, any of the Crown the Empire discography. But yeah, you can uh, see the music video for Subtle Mistakes on the Sumerian YouTube channel. It's fun. I think you can hear that InMotive has now taken a bit of a more edgy rock direction than when we were. Our last singer, Devin, um, who I think has a great voice as well, much higher voice. And so we were kind of playing with that a bit more in a way where now with Dave's voice, we're kind of taking a different direction. And he's actually kind of writing like the skeleton of a lot of the songs. And I think it's working out nicely because I do believe that if I give him a song, he's like, okay, how do I do vocals here? And, uh, you know, he's obviously done it and whatever Nick Rossi writes as well. But what's cool is at least I notice when he brings a song to the table, I think he already knows where he wants to go vocally. Being a vocalist, when he writes the guitar and the drums, I think he knows exactly what he wants to do. And so that's important. And so he wrote the bulk of that song. 
And then we flew Nick and Connor out to Dallas. We recorded at my studio and um, and Dave's studio. Added some guitars, some effects, some keys, whatever. And um, yeah, that's what you hear today. It's a fun song. I love it. Um, check that out. Sumerian YouTube page. Subtle Mistakes in Motive. As far as updates with InMotive, we have some new music. Um, one thing we wanted to do when we put out Subtle Mistakes was not take too long to follow it up. Because in the past, we've definitely taken too long to follow things up in that band. Um, but that's one of the goals that we made sure we, you know, it was a goal of ours not to do that again. So we recorded two more songs. And at this point in time, we're kind of going back and forth on the vocals. What we want to do with it might take a little bit more of a grit in his voice on a new pass through the songs we might keep them how they are they're great as they are there's no problem with them i just think we might look at the vocal two different ways and decide which one we want to stick with but that is in motive um so i want to take this opportunity also to talk about something that some of you may not know and that is my involvement with uh writing for music or (laughs) writing music for movies and tv shows so sumerian records owner ash avildsen um, is in the filmmaking industry now with Sumerian Films. So he has two movies out. The first one, I think he just took like Born of Osiris songs, things that were already released, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and put those in his movie. So a little bit of stuff for me in that movie, but not so much. Um, so then his second movie is called American Satan. Excuse me. Um, it's a song about a rock band overall just kind of selling their soul to the devil literally and uh figuratively and that's a fun movie but so there's a band in the movie called the relentless and i write the music for the band in the movie there's a soundtrack or two as well after the movie came out but it's fun so when you see the movie all the songs you hear i want to say minus two just to be safe i'll say minus three but i believe only all but two of the songs i wrote played every instrument um so it's something i'm proud of and it's fun the movie's fun but now looks like he's taking that american satan and making it into a tv show it's gonna be called paradise city i'm not sure i have no news on it i have no plot line i have no nothing to give you but that's what it is um it's called paradise city i'm not sure when it's gonna be out or what it's gonna be out on but the reason i'm telling you this is because i've been writing a lot of music for it um and it's been fun. It's really fun. I, I um, like I said, I'm I work a lot in the studio, and that's how I can balance all these things and do them wholeheartedly and passionately. Um, so I'm doing that. I'm, I'm working. I just delivered him a song last week, and I'm hoping to give him three more before I go on my honeymoon next month. I don't know if it's gonna happen, but that's the goal. Um, three more. I told him I'd give him four, and so, and that's after the ones I've already given him. So I told him I give him four gonna stick to it hopefully this month i can finish those up but that's uh yeah that's what i've been doing for that um like i said i wanted to do this thing interactive and so let's take some questions again follow me on my social media lee osiris instagram lee osiris twitter ask me questions tell me things you want to talk about if you're watching this on youtube put it in the comments any which way you want to get involved, that would be awesome. Let's do this damn thing. 
Question number one is from Gabe underscore D one two two one two two. And he asks, what is your favorite guitar to play live? Also, what is your favorite flightless bird? Um, actually, funny enough, sitting next to my favorite guitar. Um, I call it Sully. It's basically my for the people who are maybe listening on iTunes or Spotify. It's uh, it's my signature model, of course. Um, it's a seven string. Um, it's called Monster. The, the finish is called Monster Burst. That's why I call the guitar Sully because Monster Burst was named by Jeff Kiesel from the movie Monsters Inc. And the character is Sully. The, the, the colors of the guitar are after that character. But I love the thing. I played it on, I want to say, six of eight songs on my solo record. And then uh, the other two songs were eight string. And I played a Zeus uh, model guitar. They don't make my signature in eight yet, but I'm really trying to make that happen. At least selfishly for me um but you know jeff's running a business and he thinks that you know at this moment in time sticking to six and seven is the move maybe if i make more eight string music you'll get an eight string guitar signature model on sale but at the moment i'm trying to get at least one but it hasn't happened yet so that's that um second question from gregus 28 g-r-e-g-u-s-2-8 why did you learn guitar at the beginning? Um, so my dad was a uh, private investigator. He had, he had two sides to his company. He was a private investigator. And the other side of his company, he would repo cars. So basically, if people don't pay for their car, the bank gets, right back in the day, we get my dad to go get their car, take it to the impound lot. Eventually, if they don't pay it off, it goes to auction. And if they don't pay it off, it goes to auction. Basically, the belongings inside kind of just went in this junk locker. And so I would just roam through it as a kid when my dad was working. And there's tons of albums because, you know, that was definitely back in the days of CDs. And so people had books of CDs. I'm sure you remember those cases with six CDs per page. And um, see, I would listen to little things. You know, my dad would show me things. um, And it was just, I think it's really a big reason why I got into music. Um, my dad showed me a lot as well. Things like Pantera, things like that, that have your stuff, Machine Head. I want to say there's a Machine Head record, but definitely Pantera. Things like that really got me into metal, into guitar. I wanted to play fast. And um, the rest is history. Cool. Okay, third question. I'm not going to try to say this person's name, but it is at G E Y. Mercy, M-E-R-C-Y, Maine, M-A-I-N, wants to know what it's like balancing a full-time band and a solo career. Well, I would say there's two different answers to this. One is the writing process. So for me, it's very easy because like I said, I'm in the studio five days a week. I take it very seriously. I treat this like a job. So, you know, a lot of people come home from tour and, and they'll only relax which you deserve to and that's fine there's nothing wrong with this but for me I like my favorite part about being in a band isn't necessarily a touring aspect it's the being in the studio aspect so for me five days a week I'm writing it's very easy for me to make Born of Osiris and a solo career um and as far as balancing them apart I think it's easy because Born of Osiris is definitely a metal band and my record my solo stuff although it heavy at times um, it's not it's not a metal record by any means. It's got its moments. I would say it's progressive, uh, you know, rock, metal, whatever, guitar driven, of course. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, uh, it's easy for me to divide that as far as time goes. Now the hard part is touring. Um, so Born of Osiris is obviously my priority. Those are my best friends. I've been touring in that band for 12 years. I've known them for 15, 16. Um, yeah, I mean, that's my priority. That's how I make a living. It's my favorite thing to do is to be with those guys, be on stage with those guys, be on tour with those guys. Um, so that's priority. I can't say like if, if we get a tour offer, if we want to go on tour, sorry guys, you got to put your life on hold because I have to do my solo shit. That's not cool. So basically with the solo stuff as of now, I have to balance it um, whenever we have free time from Born of Osiris. So that's why I said earlier, why am I only doing the East Coast and in, in, in Midwest on my solo tour? And that's because I only had a certain amount of time to work with. Um, I'm gonna, I guess I'll tell you now, Born of Osiris is going on tour in December. That tour is not announced yet, but it's coming together really sick. Um, some really cool bands. I'm excited to announce that. Maybe next week on the podcast I can formally announce it or, or tell you what it is. But yeah, I mean, as far as touring goes, I need to balance my time with it, with the Born of Osiris lives in mind. They all have to make a living, and I can't just put the band on hold to do solo stuff. So I'm always going to do it. I'm always going to tour it. Uh, but I have to make sure, you know, Born of Osiris is, is priority. Let's see what else. At E2 underscore Nogues, N-O-G-U-E-S, asks, what's the first song that I learned to play on guitar? It's a good question, but the song that I first tackled was Cliffs of Dover by Eric Johnson. It's a gorgeous song. Um, if you haven't heard it, you got to hear it. Uh, it's super melodic. I, I believe if you heard that song, you might even almost get a taste of who I am as a guitar player. That's so catchy. It's beautiful. I always say that in a world of guitar, when there's fast, there's, there's, these kids are coming up younger, faster, cleaner. I think you have to find your identity now in guitar. I used to say, I want to be the best in the world, but I don't think there is that per se anymore. What does that mean? Songwriting, speed, technicality, you know? So what I say as a, as a guitar player now, my goal is I want to be that songwriter or that guitar player that writes guitar parts that you sing to yourself in your head, that, get you, that you get stuck in your head and that you hum to yourself. And so that's my goal. And I think if you hear Clips of Dover, um, you'll definitely kind of get where I'm coming from in that respect. Excuse me. Um, yeah. Let's see here. Brosif underscore 1999 wants to know, we just got a new single from In Motive. When can we expect more? As I said earlier, we have two songs on deck. I would say they're 100% recorded. But as I said, I think we want to go through, and I guess to clear up what I was saying earlier, I would say the vocals right now were straight sung. And so what we're thinking might be fun if maybe we pass through the chorus again and he puts a little grit on his voice. That's what I mean, really. So there's nothing wrong with anything. We're just thinking, hey, maybe we take a little bit more aggressive approach um, in these songs. Because because Dave Escamilla, you know, if you're familiar with him in Crown the Empire, was primarily screaming. He's super versatile, but he can scream, he can sing, he can do the pitch stuff, you know, the pitch screaming. I don't know what you want to call it, but he's good at all of it. So we want to just explore his his strengths and weaknesses and really just find a way to get uh, the best track out to you guys. So yeah, I don't know, soon. I mean, like I said, we could re release it in three days, but we're just going to take our time. But it won't be as long as it usually is within Motive. I know we're not good at, at keeping up. Um, I'll do one more. At AAK 
AASH0666 wants to know my songwriting inspiration. So it changes with a, depending on what I'm doing. With Born of Osiris, honestly, I like to just play World of Warcraft, listen to some music. When I get inspired or I feel in the moment, boom. Also, if I'm going to write a new Born of Osiris song, what I'll do sometimes is open up a session and I'll program like a shitty drum beat, like, like super cheesy. You would never keep it. Um, and what I'll do, honestly, is I'll, I'll have that, I'll make that beat go, you know, five minutes. And then I'll just hit record and I'll literally freestyle guitar over it. Um, and what I think is cool about that is, is you get honest, good, honest, you know, you kind of surprise yourself. Excuse me. And I, and I think that's important because I think shelf life is obviously important to the people listening to my music, but I want my music to not be boring to me either. I want it to have shelf life for me. And so I tend to find that if I overthink things, um, that, sorry, I don't know if my camera is turning off. Yeah. Um, when I overthink things, I find that I get tired of it. I, they lose their, the fun, you know, it's funny when I released my first song sky last year, I, I edited the guitars, you know, pretty tight. And, uh, people were calling me, they said it was MIDI or something on that note. You know, it's super funny. I don't have guitar pro or any of that stuff to do MIDI guitar. Um, and so, and that's another thing. So the reason I bring this up is because people write in guitar pro and things like that and more power to you if you do that. But that's something I just can't do because like I said, I need to write in my, into my, into Cubase in, in real time. And that's how I find that I write things that surprise me too. Um, and then as far as solos, you know, I'll just loop, you know, the section and I'll improvise and then I'll keep what I like and then boom. But yeah. And then as far as my solo stuff, that's actually a whole different approach. Honestly, it's, it's usually a progression, a chord progression that inspires me to write something. So it'll be playing acoustic guitar. I'll be playing piano. I could be listening. It could be my wife playing a song on a radio or in the kitchen when she's doing her makeup or whatever. And all of a sudden I'll, I'll be struck by this the progression and I'll pick up a guitar. Sometimes when she's doing her makeup, I'm just playing guitar along to whatever she's listening to. So inspiration with my solo stuff comes in many different ways. And um, yeah. And then as far as in motive, that's a cool process. Um, nobody really, I mean, we do it all together. I don't mean it all. And even to the point where I feel like in these, in this day and age, you can like program drums and all this shit. Like Connor, our drummer will not have that. He is so against it. And I'm, I'm about that too. I love it. I love it. He just wants to play drums. He doesn't want anything to be fake. But our, um, our process is, is so cool. We all write together. We bounce ideas off each other from the beginning. And I dig that. I'm not saying I don't dig it the way I do it in Born, where I send a full song with keys and drums, or Cameron sends a full song with keys and drums and guitars. Um, I'm not saying I don't enjoy that process. But what I do like is that each one of my things, uh, it's a different approach. Um, so yeah, it's Q and a, so write me Instagram, Twitter. If you have questions you want me to answer, I will answer them on these podcasts. Another little section I want to do is metal news. So one thing I want to say about this, I'm not here for drama and I think I'm going to make sure that everything I do remains positive when it comes to metal news. A lot of the shit's not my business. My camera's freaking out. Sorry about that. Um, a lot of this shit 
isn't my business. I, I want to talk about it on a news level, but I'm not going to go into, you know, judging people and, and negativity and things like that. So one thing I did find um, is the band Ghost. Tobias Forge recently spoke on why Ghost's touring members don't play on the band's records. Tobias himself had to say, there's never any demands or expectancies for the people touring to play on their records for several reasons. One is that I've always had a favorite drummer that I always wanted to play on their records who's never been in the band. He's never been in a touring band or the touring band. He and I work very well together. He's perfect for the studio requirements. He does that really well. And I have a favorite keyboard player who is extremely good at translating the things that I want him to play. During the writing, I always play everything anyway. So if you start involving people, which I've done from time to time, just to be nice, basically just because I wanted to give them incentive, you end up in a situation where you have to tell them to exactly replicate what I just did symbolically. So this is very interesting in many ways. I think what people are doing is is viewing Ghost as a band. When I think you need to look at it as this dude, Tobias Forge, look at it like his solo project. I think that's what you should do. Um, he creates these characters, the Cardinal. He creates this really cool stuff. But yeah, I, and he's from what I gather, he's a really talented musician and can play many different instruments. Um, so I think that's, a, you know, what people, they look at it like a band and you just can't. And I've experienced this before in many ways, sometimes recording bands in my studio, sometimes recording my own Born with Cyrus records. Like I said, if I write a part, I write all the instruments, bass, keys, whatever. And so sometimes for the sake of time in a studio, it's like, I already wrote this. It's here. You know, if you want to change the tone, cool. But I mean, it's here. If you, if you have a way to change it for the better, go ahead. I'm not a monster in that, in that regard, but for the sake of time and doing things and, and being the only, sometimes there's too many cooks in the kitchen. I, I don't really see a problem with what this is here. I know he's in lawsuits, this Tobias guys and some lawsuits and things like that. But overall, I don't think there's anything wrong with what you're seeing here. I think you can't look at this like a band. This is the Tobias Forge uh, project. Um, Ghost is his band. And and honestly, I don't blame him. If I was him, I would be doing the same thing. Um, if it started as his project, it needs to stay that way. You know, if Born of Osiris starts as Born of Osiris, there's no reason to, to change how things work. But this band started as his. I think it needs to remain as his. You start getting other people involved. You got royalties to figure out. You got a million things to figure out. And then it becomes personal and this, that, and this. And I also think it's fun for, you know, I know the band remains anonymous, but I think it's fun for people to maybe take off time from their band and then go tour and ghost. So I think the people, a lot of people involved in his band don't want any more of a role than that. And so I think people are kind of looking into this a little bit too much and trying to make something out of nothing. Um, and like I said, it might be because of his lawsuit, you know, situation that people are trying to make something out of it. But this is this is nothing here. And, and I don't blame um, him. And And I think on this note, when I talked about recording other people's bands, another problem I've seen is say there's two guitar players in the band. I'll be recording to one guitar player. And then he's like, all right, now let's do the other rhythms. And then the other kid will get up and sit down and be like, yeah, this is my part. I play this live. So it's my time to record and he'll be sloppier or, um, or he'll be like, what was it? And he'll talk to the guy who just recorded, like, what was my part again? And so for me, I'm always like, yo, you know this shit like get up here like let's do this and it's not because i'm like trying to get the fuck out of there like time wise i just believe like yo let's get this job done in the best cleanest way and if that means somebody's not recording it 
then so be it. Honestly, at the end of the day, we need to put out good records that people like listening to. And however you get to that final product, I believe, you know, it's your way. And so if people want to do this this way, that's fine. But I just do believe that there can be too many cooks in the kitchen when it comes to writing. I also believe that if somebody knows the part and they can play it right now, then play it and not have this homie over here just trying to like be like, yeah, that's me. I can hear it. Like, let's just make sure that we get the job done. Um, anyways, moving on. Oh, this is a bummer. Ozzy Osbourne postpones his 2020 touring. This is from the PRP.com. Shout out to them. Ozzy Osbourne has once again postponed his previously rescheduled European touring European touring plans in order to allow him more time to continue to heal from the injuries he sustained during a fall earlier this year. That late night fall disrupted the steel rods previously inserted in him to help him recover from a serious 2003 ATV accident he was involved in. This year's fall required required more surgery to be done on his neck and vertebrae, which also resulted in some lingering complications, including blood clots, issues with his nerves. In light of that, he's forced to postpone all of his touring plans to 2020. Um, The reason I'm covering this is, you know, one of the first albums I remember getting from my dad was, was an Ozzy Osbourne record and Randy Rhodes just blew my mind. And so, Ozzy has been this bucket list live concert that I want to see for so long. And I, it's just one of those situations where I haven't seen him yet and I'm dying to see him. And I, and I got to this point where I keep, I know his health is declining and let's be honest, the dude could be easily be dead with all the things he's done. I have his book. It's a great book. It's a hilarious read. I do recommend it. It's called I am Ozzy. Um, the dude could be dead. You know what I mean? So I'm like, when I'm hearing he's postponing tours in my mind, that means, you know, this might be it. I might not get to see him. He might quit touring. And if he did, listen, power to him. He's done it all. He's traveled the world. Me not seeing him at this point in my life, uh, if anything, it's my fault. So I, I support whatever he's doing. Of course, I want the best for him. But um, it's just one of those things that I need to see. So the reason I bring this up is, so I don't know if you saw this, but he released a pretty funny video. He seems in good spirits. He's laughing. He's swearing. He's being Ozzy. He makes a joke. I got more metal bolts in my neck than my car does. And and so I think originally when I'm looking at this as, you know, the beginning of the end of his touring days or the end of the end of his touring days, um, I think he's coming back. I do. He says he is, but I, and I didn't believe it at first until I saw this video. He's laughing. Like I said, he's swearing. He's having a good time. He's joking. He's like, I'm bored as fuck. I want to get back out there. Um, so I do have hope we'll see him again. Let's hope he gets better. We got to see him. Um, Randy Rhodes was one of the reasons I started playing guitar. Zach Wild's a badass too. Um, shout out to Zach Wild. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I really want to see that. Last, let's do this one. Chris Fenn from Slipknot seems hopeful to return to Slipknot someday. And this is also from the PRP.com. You might have seen that uh, this dude, Chris, has been in a lawsuit with Slipknot. And it's about money, where it's gone, different businesses that they've had, touring LLCs. He didn't feel like he was getting paid his due. And while this isn't really my business or anyone's, it's in the world. And that just seems to be you know, how things go. It says, ousted Slipknot percussionist Chris Fenn resurfaced on social media earlier today, October 3rd, along with a check-in on what he's been up to. 
He made an interesting reply to a fan regarding potential return to the band. Fenn, of course, currently remains in a fierce lawsuit with his former Slipknot bandmates over band-related finances. He filed a suit against Corey Taylor and percussionist Sean Clown Crahan in particular earlier this year and was fired from the band soon after. Most recently, Taylor and Crahan sought to have Fenn's suit thrown out of court. So, again, this isn't totally our business, but I did find it fun, uh, interesting that he said he's going to be back. Many thoughts on this. One, we have, what's it, Tortilla Man? I'm sure you've seen him in the news. If you haven't, they have a, a replacement for this guy, Chris. Um, he's remaining anonymous at this point. I think a couple people on Reddit might have found out who this person is. I might be wrong. Don't carry the way. But either way, right now, this Tortilla Man is kind of taking headlines. It's kind of fun. It's a, it's a guessing game. Who is this guy? Similar to Ghost and how they you know don't give up their identity. It's fun for people, I believe. And uh, you know the problem here is, is that let's say this court lawsuit gets, you know, they figure it out. Here's the problem. Are they going to be friends after this? You know, what kind of relationship do they have? Is it, is it destructive? Is it, is it forgiving? I know they've been in a band for so long, so they could have this brotherly vibe of like, Hey, we're brothers. Let's get over this. Let me back here. Let's do this. But also it could be like, Hey, fuck you, man. Like you, you kind of, this isn't good. And I'm not taking a side here. But what I think is interesting is that he believes he could be back after all of this turmoil. And that also, you have to think this. Let's talk about um, this Tortilla guy. Uh, The reason I call him Tortilla guy, I didn't name him this. The internet did. But his mask apparently looks like a tortilla. But um, here's something you don't know. While While we're wondering who this guy is, what you should also think about is how he's contributing to the band. This guy... If it's who some people think it is, is 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 a really sick musician. I believe in particular piano, keyboard. Uh, incredibly talented guy. So he could be contributing to the writing in a really heavy way right now. We don't know. So I think it's going to turn out to be maybe even less than personal. Maybe Chris Fenn comes back with this tortilla guy. Who knows how this plays out? Again, I don't have a a, a horse in this race or a side, but I think... You know, instead of only worrying about who it is, maybe worry about also what their contribution is to Slipknot as a a songwriting entity. Um, So, yeah, we'll see how this plays out. That's it for Metal News. And I think that's about it for this podcast. Um, Again, thank you for joining me here. I hope it wasn't a train wreck for you. I hope you liked it. I didn't mind it myself. So uh, at at this point in time, the goal is to do it once a week. At this point in time, I would like to do them Thursday nights. But there's no guaranteeing anything. Um, I will be doing more. I can say that now, hopefully regularly. Um, I want to take a moment to shout out a couple sponsors. First, Clocks and Colors. And that's Colors, C-O-L-O-U-R-S, handcrafted men's jewelry. Um, I'm actually wearing some, this ring here is from clocks and colors. This necklace is also clocks and colors. Um, they were kind enough to send me a couple items and, um, and not only that, I'll say this, obviously have some more jewelry as well. This is the highest quality. I've been sent free jewelry in my day. Um, some of which I'm wearing, some of which I'm not. But I can say this is the highest quality of anything I've had. And the reason I think it's maybe something you want to check out is because it's nice so you maybe a couple hundred bucks is a starting point for maybe a ring or something 
but it's, it's so it's not cheap, but it's not so nice that you're breaking the bank. So if you're a dude that's in a jewelry like me, check Clocks and Colors out. Website is www.clocksandcolors, C-L-O-C-K-S, clocks and A-N-D, colors, C-O-L-O-U-R-S dot com. Second one, Head Rush Clothing. I'm wearing a shirt right now. You can see it maybe in the video if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify. You can't see it, but I will say this. They're like a biker style MC lifestyle brand um really cool shit they sent me boxers high quality they sent me hoodie they sent my wife leggings um which are she said are great um and and here is the cool part you see designs but instead of just being ink on a t-shirt these are all patches everything is a patch so high quality stuff um the shirts fit better than a normal thing and again i'm not just saying this because they give me these these clothing items but uh, i really mean this and I wouldn't have you go there if it wasn't uh, good quality stuff. So, again, you know you're not going to pay 20 bucks a shirt because it's a bit higher quality. You might pay 40 45 a shirt. But I do believe in getting what you pay for, especially with clothes. And I love H&M, too. I think these jeans are H&M. And you could pay 20 bucks for them or whatever, but they fade faster. They may not fit as well. It's something nice. I think these are H&M. Um, so you do get what you pay for. You know, your shirt might not fade as fast. It might last twice as long. You paid you know, more than your average $20 shirt, but it's good stuff, fits well. They have men and women, biker style, well-made, like I said, patches instead of prints, good fit. You can reach them at www.headrushbrand, H-E-A-D-R-U-S-H-B-R-A-N-D.com. Uh, and then again, I should, I just want to one more time shout out Hope for the Day. This is the, uh, the charity that I'm donating to every night on my upcoming solo tour. Suicide prevention, you know, uh, their, their tagline is, it's okay not to be okay. And I think that's important. Whether it's you who's been through something rough or whether it's someone you know, maybe you lost someone, maybe you almost lost someone and, and them getting help is the reason they're alive today. Well, that's what this organization is doing, I believe, wholeheartedly in that organization. And um, I want you to check it out. Again, you can hit their website at www.hftd.org. There's a donate button, I think, top right. You want to hit that? Uh, give some money to a good cause. Listen, a dollar, two bucks. You don't have to be rich, uh, you know, to to do this kind of thing. Um, I think it's important. I'm going to close out with my tour dates one more time. The Infinite Mind U.S. Tour. Me, Felix Martin, before me. Tour dates. November 12th, Houston. November 13th, San Antonio. November 15th, New Orleans. November 16th, maybe Greenville. November 17th, Atlanta, Georgia. 19th, Pittsburgh. 20th, Baltimore, Maryland. 21st, Brooklyn, New York. 22nd, Rochester, New York. The 23rd, Detroit, Michigan. And then last but certainly not least, we close out in Chicago, Illinois on the 24th and Dallas, Texas on the 26th. Thank you for being here for my first podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Hope it wasn't painful for you. If it was, sorry. But again, thank you. Have a good weekend. If you're drinking, drive safe. No matter what you're doing, be cool. Be nice to people. Spread some love. Got too much war and negativity going on in this world. So do something nice for someone. Peace out.